Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to your next episode with me, Louise. And me, Amy. So I want to talk to you about uh, yoga, Amy, um, because I've been going four times a week now. Um, and I know that you have been to some of the same yoga classes that I've been to and just you know, wondered what you thought about them because you are bit of a yoga buff and expert a a, a white woman a white woman (laughs) claiming to be a yoga expert that's not problematic at all in fact i will say that (laughs) you don't teach it do you but you but you did go on a retreat and everything didn't you yeah Yeah. so you know um do you like those yoga classes or you know are you i i think that it's this is going to sound really wanky but once you are sort of on the mat once you're on the mat and you I mean to be fair you're not poking around in the fridge you're not looking at your phone so you are there mm. and if you can just bring your attention to it now don't get me wrong I'd say 90% maybe 80% of the time that I've spent on a yoga mat I'm kind of like did I take the mints out of the freezer? <laughs> Did she mean to say that when she said that? You know, you do, you, 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 it's like it's like I run through the list of things I've got to do. Da, da, da. Mm. But um, I, I've had a really good yoga teacher who's a, a local yoga teacher. Yes. Um, and um, it, there is a, quite a lot of that thing of sort of the meditation that goes along with it and taking little... And I know you've yeah. got no... I know you've got... You don't you have no truck with that, do you, Louise? No, no she, not with no, that. She's got very short I'm fucking just, views yeah. when it comes to anything any kind of wankery yeah i don't want to well listen I <laughs> i'm think, just there for the stretching yeah anyway. I, I think yeah. one thing is for sure when you do one of those sort of twists or stretch and you think mm. oh oh yeah. bloody hell i didn't realize i had a, a that rib there and that twist there <laughs> and sometimes I, the other thing i think when i'm on my yoga mat quite a lot is if my gran who is now 85 had done this oh yeah like like just even being able to reach your your sort of um this is something that the um, Helen, my yoga teacher, says quite a lot about even just Helen, being able yeah. to even be able to put something on a high shelf. Yeah. You lose that. You lose it you if lose, you're not. Yeah, yeah. you do. And because so, I've noticed, cause obviously, I've this is a, I've, I'm very new to it, um, and I've just I find it really hard to do. Mm. Um, and other people are like, oh, that's a lovely stretch. There's nothing lovely about it for me. No, it's, it's like really bloody hard work. Um, because but that just highlights the fact that I really <clears throat> need to be doing it. Mm. Because otherwise, if I don't start doing it now, like you say... There is that light bulb moment where you think, oh, hang on a minute, if I've not been doing this for the past X, 10 years, let's say, and I didn't do it for the next 10 years, I would completely just lose any kind of, any movement or mobility. And that's why, you know, you do see old Mm. women kind of like, um, and old men as well, kind of like, like shriveled up. And, you know, I guess we spend so much time kind of you know, dealing with kids on on a little level, you know, yeah. when, when their toddler's bending over and then, you know, that squashes your organs yeah. and stuff like that. I think the, the trick is to sort of find, find, and the, the, I know the yoga class that you're talking about because I've been to it and she, she's, that she's a different teacher to mine, but she's quite good because I think she'd be quite a good fit for you. Because oh, she's, she's she's just quite do this, do, do this, yeah. do this. She's not talking about a blue sky. No. With, uh, and the imagery oh, and a flower Lord. opening up because I think no. you'd be like, 
I'm out of here. <laughs> I know. And I know I do understand, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, I'm a hypnobirthing teacher. I'm, I'm, I'm all about sort of that, you know, you know, understanding the importance of being able to actively relax. But, but a lot of that, like... There's one of the teachers that said, like does the namaste, uh, you know, the the namaste mm. hands at the end. And Paul said to me this morning, "Do you do you do the namaste hands? Does do the you light say- in you honor the light <laughs> in that teacher?" And I I just go oh, sure. like that, <laughs> matter it because I can't I can't bring myself to say you know na- namaste. I, I, it just feels like it just makes my butt clench and I'm very awkward about it. Perhaps I'll get better, but you know. But also also you know last year you know I worked with someone who used to send me. Um, Namaste hands at the end of there is very aggressive text. Yes, you, you. <laughs> she used to send like a row of namaste hands, butterflies, kissy faces, the the face with the hearts for eyes. You know, whilst being incredibly hateful. So yes. that, so that there's, 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 an, there's a sincerity problem <laughs> yeah. that you have. You've been hurt, haven't you? You've been you've been wounded and have, damaged, have, uh, have, Louise. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think that. Uh, you know, like you say, if you can, um, if you can sort of just get a little bit of that flexibility and mobility, then yeah. you know. And, and also, you know, I went to India back in January. I know. Can you imagine? I was thinking now? to myself today, well, that was like well over a year ago. No, sure. it, was, it, it was it was the beginning of this year. Yeah. And to think that you know, um, and 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 God, you know, there've been times, and you know, if we are staring down the barrel of a, another lockdown, who can say? If somebody's listening to this in a time capsule in the middle of a desert, as I always <laughs> say, like this is. What's happening? Um, yeah, I just think, oh God, you know, just to have that, just to have a bit of, just to have a bit of time out from your life, mm, and just mm, just be able to sort of press mm, pause on stuff, and mm. yeah. But I I know, sort of, when I was in my forties, hearing women who were fifty talking about discovering yoga and realizing how good it was you know and i am now 51 and mm. i'm i'm saying it you know so it really yeah i guess it is less it is less punishing i mean because yeah. there, there's a large proportion of it where you're actually laying down <laughs> and that's my kind of yes that's my kind of yoga yeah. uh just yeah but i can feel that sort of like as i'm doing those stretches as i say i you know i don't like them but it's like mm. christ this is hard but uh, if imagine if i didn't do it what i'd be like in 10 years time well my grandmother had i think it's called a widow's hump you know wow she, oh, the full curvature oh yeah god yeah so i want to avoid that yeah. if i can and um anyway and we'll talk to our um guest about um uh, yoga uh, no, no doubt because today we're tackling weight gain in midlife um i think i've mentioned um on a previous podcast my uh, midlife stroke covid uh, gunt before um why but, do i get this feeling the feeling that this podcast <laughs> is just basically going to become like your your it's, appointment with a yeah. with a, a, an nhs you know, yes <laughs> weight loss she, expert she, so you know i have obviously tried to well i have asked questions that i think will be of interest to you know our audience but on this occasion, I am pretty much our target audience. You, in that I'm, yeah. you know, I'm 51. I've put on a load of weight, weight around my middle. I don't like it. I want to know what what I should do about it. But equally, I'm not prepared to go through punishing diets or you know. So and um, so um, I'm really you know looking forward to being able to uh, you know. Oh, this is like the, the the lament of midlife women globally. So mm. we're um, and we're no, going to address no, all yeah. of that today. And we're going to talk to Dr. Sally Norton, who is a medical NHS consultant and weight loss expert. And that's coming up in just a second. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, Sally. Thank you for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Um, Can we dive straight in then and ask why do we put on weight in midlife, uh, particularly, you know, around the middle region? I mean, can we just blame that on hormones and perimenopause? Well, that's a, yeah, that's a big question. Mm. I get asked that so many times. And I think actually it's a perfect storm around the perimenopause because so many different things happen around that time. And I don't think you can blame any one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people try and blame things on the on the menopause and the hormones themselves. And yes, to some extent that's true. But actually, if you look at some studies, it shows that that looking purely at the hormones doesn't actually really account for that much weight gain. Not in everyone anyway. But what does happen with those hormones is that the drop in estrogen can cause a change in fat distribution. So, you know, the classic female shape is the pear shape, isn't it? We, we carry our weight around our bums and yeah. hips. Mm. Um, and men tend to be a bit more of an apple shape. Um, but I'm an apple as... now. I'm an apple now. I'm 51. Oh, well, I've become an apple well, in the last two thing. years. I know, that's the thing. All that, you know, we change from those lovely pears to apples mm. as you go through the perimenopause oh. because the estrogen causes, the drop in estrogen causes a change in fat distribution and we start to have more fat around the middle. So I don't know if you noticed that your bum maybe is a little bit smaller and your legs are a little bit thinner, but you've got a bit more around the, the well, middle. Well, do you know, Sally, I'm, I'm, we're in a real danger here of me making this podcast all about me, but I am This is your actually, time. It's a safe yeah, space, I'm, I'm, an <laughs> I'm like sort of a typical middle-aged woman. I'm 51 and for the last two years, so my fat has all gone around my middle. My bum is sort of flat and saggy now, I notice. when I, I don't tend to look at it in the mirror, but I've started yoga recently and they've got these hideous mirrors all around the studio. Oh, no. Um, so, so yes, exactly what you're saying. My legs have stayed fine, you know, they're all right. But yeah, it's like like round my middle. So uh, th- exactly what you're describing is me. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and and so many women say, oh, I'm just getting bloated. I've got this belly fat. Mm. What do I do? And your belt's getting tighter, and you can't fit into your jeans as easily. And yep. and that um, makes people think that they're putting on weight, where maybe not necessarily they're putting on that much weight as as much as just getting it around the middle. Mm. You know, obviously some weight gain too for some women. But the problem with this fat around the middle is that it's more risky for our health. Mm. Um, And that can be an issue as you get older. You have to start being a bit more aware of that. And that can be the case even if your weight's normal. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of the term toffees, people who are thin on the outside and fat on the inside. Have you heard of that? That's a good acronym, isn't it? No, I haven't heard of that. So what do you mean by fat on the inside, but you look thin on the outside? Fat fat organs or something? Well, yes, that's exactly it. I mean, I'm a surgeon by trade and I I see it. I see it um, every day, unfortunately, that you can have more fat on the inside, which can either be the sort of the fairly free-floating fat that is actually present in everybody and is there to help protect. It's a bit of cushioning really on the inside but also fat within the organs like the liver and the pancreas um you know that can actually cause health problems in itself Mm. so we do have to be aware of that even if your weight's okay if you're getting a bit wide around the middle 
that can be an issue. Oh, right. So And so so we do look at something called the, the waist to hip ratio as well as just people's weight or their body mass index, which is that ratio of your weight and height. Okay. We so look what's at that? the waist to hip ratio. So the waist to hip ratio is basically a way of um, trying to quantify that that weight around the middle. So if your waist is smaller than your hips, mm-hmm. that's ideal. So in My, women. I think mine's about the. I think I think they're on a par with each other. There's no. Is definition. there a spirit level? There's just <laughs> between the two. It's just like it's just like this sort of wedge from my armpits down to my. <laughs> so oh, that's not yeah. good, is it? It's not good. Go on, not go on. Great. No, you want to keep that nice tucked in waist. Oh, that's the ideal. Oh. Really, I'm afraid. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, men can get away with having their waist and their hips the same once oh. they're waist gets bigger than their hips then they're in trouble right but for women so you're talking we want to have a little bit of a pinched in waist it's Mm. sort of you're speaking anatomically now like when you say sort of men is that that so they're they're just obviously built differently yeah yes Mm. yeah men are a lot more straight down you don't see that sort of curvy hourglass figure in men very no Mm. no okay all right but men also seem to be um lots of the men i know who are my age um i'm not mentioning anyone in particular um maybe sort of because he's right here in the room um (laughs) are sort of you know fit and you know not overweight at all but start to get that little bit of a a tummy as well so it's 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 for men and women are putting on weight in their middles yes yes i mean yeah i mean if you look at the data really most men and women are putting on a bit of weight decade by decade mm. um, on the whole so we do it it's the middle age spread isn't it it just sort of creeps up on mm. you for a number of different reasons yeah. um so yes both so, but, sexes i'm afraid so presumably you know cave people didn't get all fat and lumpy so i mean lots of lots of it must be down to our lifestyles what we're eating is that right it's not so it's yes, not all yes. hormonal because no it, it must be yeah no it's not all i mean the hormones as i say do a yeah. bit of a cause a bit of change in distribution i'm not sure that many cave women lived much beyond child no of course not no. Okay, so <laughs> we don't really that. know no. too much about their their post-menopausal no. weight issues <laughs> not much on that on the in the cave paintings no. things i don't think <laughs> I have yeah. food diary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but yes, yeah, so yeah, so as I was saying, I think it's a bit of a perfect storm. So mm. there's that's the hormonal thing to, you know, in in brief, but so many other things happen, don't they, around this age. I think years of yo-yo dieting are catching up on us oh, God, because yeah. oh my goodness, how many women just lose weight on a diet and then regain all of their all that they've lost yep. and a bit more every time times. it just yep. goes you know down and then up and up a bit more and then down and then up and up a bit more and you mm. sort of you just um accumulate all those extra pounds from countless diets mm. um so that accumulates the other thing that happens partly caused by all of this yo-yo dieting is that we lose more muscle as we get older right the technical term for that sarcopenia so we lose about 8% of our muscle mass per decade after the age of 40, mm. um, which is, you know, well, you can see it, can't you, mm. really? When you look at people as they get older, um, you, yeah. have, you lose that definition and muscle tone. Mm. Um, and that's a problem because muscle tends to burn more energy than than the equivalent um, fat does. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's more... Um, it helps to to keep our metabolic rate up if we've got more muscle, which is why actually there's that really, really irritating thing that when men and women try and lose weight together, yeah. the men seem to lose it more quickly. Right. And you curse them because yeah. they just burn it off a bit more easily because they tend to have more muscle on board. Right, right. If okay. you worked on that muscle though, like if you started sort of uh, like weight training, uh, so there's obviously a, that 8% is, is that that's a, like a natural thing that happens regardless of your lifestyle and if you're... I guess it's going to help if you are doing some sort of weight yeah. training, isn't yes. it? Yes, I mean, I suppose what happens is that, it's, you know, it's partly that yo-yo dieting, maybe your diet changes a bit, you, um, you're you not moving around quite as much and then the hormonal changes all contribute to that mm. um, drop in muscle. So yes, the more you can hang on to it, the better for, for a number of reasons. Um, it's not just about weight control, but also, unfortunately for women, um, we do run the risk of, 
of fractures and things as we get older yeah. and the more we can build our muscle to strengthen and protect our joints and our balance and everything the better so yeah, mm. yeah lots of strength training because so many women I think just try and sort of get on the treadmill and just keep on running to try and burn off the calories but actually some good resistance strength training is really important mm. too. And, and it's not too late so now let's say let's say somebody who's 51 and she's never done any weight training in her life before um would I mean, would it is it something that I should it's not too, is it too late I mean no I mean, no never too late oh, good. No. okay all yep. right then. they've even done studies uh, with elderly people in care homes so there you go nice. you've got a few years yet and are you talking <laughs> actually lifting weights or um I guess well it could be yeah it could be anything really I mm. mean you can use lifting weights if you can do that safely you can get sort of um advice from gyms if they're still open at the moment mm. and um, but also you can use body weight, so you can do some squats, squats while you're waiting things. for the kettle yep. to boil or, yep. um, right. or some okay. push-ups, press-ups on your knees and um, that sort of thing. You know, there's plenty of stuff o- online that you can Yeah, I mean, you don't need to go towing a truck no. down the A21, <laughs> Louise. You could do it with a couple of um, tins of beans or something, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. okay. Start small. Okay, all could, right. Um, could I ask about intermittent fasting, Sally? Because there's actually some evidence, isn't there, that it, it is a good way to eat, which kind of fills me with horror, like restricting food intake. Um, you know, what is the best way to do that? Like, when should we eat and fast and, and how long in between? Or do you think it is completely unique and individual for each each person? Well, I think to some extent it is individual for each person, partly from their sort of metabolism and their body mm. clock and everything, but also because of their lifestyle. I mean, everyone's lifestyle is different. Yeah. So you have to, whatever you do when you're trying to manage your weight, it has to fit in with you. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to keep it up. So that's the first place to start. But then, yes, there is evidence that um, having fewer meals, um, even if you're having the same number of calories, can help with your your um, metabolic type um processing your insulin resistance the way that you're that you manage sugars and um, your energy um, mm. so all of that um, that advice that we had in the past to just sort of eat little and often keep snacking throughout the day to yeah. your blood sugar constant and level was a load of rubbish oh, really God, I you think. see that's what I've been doing all my life Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have but we have built up that snacking thing and that old yeah. advice that from our grandmothers don't eat between meals actually mm. there was a lot to be said for it yeah. so I think the longer you can give yourself between eating um, the better it just lets your body recover and digest and everything else and, and then you're hungry for your next meal and that's right. the way that it should be okay. do you know it's funny throughout lockdown I I, I after about six or seven weeks, I was like, God, I can't remember the last time I actually felt hungry oh, because God. the whole thing of making my family's meals just became the the, 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 the yeah. routine of the day. So, <laughs> yes. you know, the, the, the highlight of the day. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I haven't been hungry since lockdown began, I don't think. I've just not even allowed myself to get peckish. I've just yeah <laughs> grazing for how long has it been now? Nine months or something. <laughs> yes, the yeah. Corona stone. Yeah, um, well, there's yes. that as well. Very yeah, common, so. yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, it's all been too easy, I think. So tying in with that intermittent fasting, because I want to go back and, and ask, but I've heard people, you know, other experts talking about sort of tuning in, listening to your body, um, your body telling you like what it wants to eat, when it wants to eat. We, we know that our bodies are amazing and they have their own, I mean, natural weight management system, presumably, in the way that they manage everything else. Yes. So... How do we do that? And also, like, tying that in with intermittent fasting, for example, as well. I mean, should you not eat until the afternoon? Or how do you... The thing is, here's the thing, it sounds a bit too woolly for me, you know, and at four o'clock every day, um, something... I mean, and I always just think, oh, it's my body telling me that it it wants a bit of cake with a cup of tea, but that can't be really (laughs) what it wants. And, you know, is that just because I've, you know, I've trained myself into that sugar habit... Um, it's the same yes. with wine at seven o'clock in the evening. You know, I, I like that. That's not really my body saying to me, "You need a piece of cake or you need a glass of wine," is it? So I no, I don't think so. I don't remember ever seeing that physiological no. pathway in medical school. <laughs> we were learning these things, but no, it does. But no. I understand that it makes sense that you sh- you should be able to intuitively know when to eat, how to eat, what to eat. 
But, yep. but what's getting in the way of that? Like, you know, for, for lots of people, for me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's a number of things. Aren't there? Mm. So basically, as you quite rightly say, it's just a bit of habit and, you know, you just mm. get used to it and it does seem rather nice. But um, yes, you should be able to listen to your body. But the trouble is all of those signals have been slightly interfered with. We've just by... messed about with them, haven't we? Of course we yeah. have, yes, completely. So all those natural <sighs> pathways yeah. that are very inbuilt, um, even considering things like uh, how our gut bacteria talk to our brain and um, all of these sorts of weird and wonderful things that we're only just starting to yeah. fully appreciate, mm. all of those things are being messed with by the sorts of foods we eat. So. If we have a really sugary diet, for example, then we're playing havoc with our insulin hormones and other various other hormones that then dictate how hungry we feel later on and cravings that we might get. Um, oh. the, the sugar can also affect the sort of balance of healthy bacteria in our gut. And then we think, well, let's just change to artificial sweeteners then. And actually they could be toxic to our gut bacteria yeah. as well. And yet we're having more and more of them. So all of these different things that we're doing, our lack of sleep, our stress levels, all of these things are interfering with those natural mechanisms. And mm. so it's, it's no wonder that we can't pick up the signals that our body's sending no, to us. No, And can I, it's just occurred to me, does it start when, you know, like when my children were babies, I used to feed them with a spoon and I'd do anything to shovel as much as I could down them. Whereas my uh, older daughter now with her children, it's all um, baby led. You know, So she just puts food in front of the baby. It picks up the food, eats it. Uh, uh, do you think we start even right back then when they're babies, we're shoveling food into them? Because they wouldn't eat if they weren't hungry, would they? So Well, exactly. I mean, it's very true. I mean, if you think about babies if you, and small children, if you think about animals, they just do what they need to do. They don't have to worry about dieting or calorie counting. They oh. just eat when they're hungry and don't eat when they're not. And yes, yeah. we've, we lose track of that as we get older, don't yeah. we? So. And I guess we're straying into, because uh, my, my mind's now thinking about sort of like when you even hit sort of 11, 12, 13, 14, girls especially, mm. control, psychological mm. issues and that thing of sort of, oh, cake is bad, but broccoli is good and, yeah. and giving giving food mm. different. And I guess that, that messes up your, uh, it's where the psychological meets the yeah. physical, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, I mean, it's really sad, isn't it, that a lot of dieting behaviour starts in teenagers and then mm. you set up that vicious cycle that carries on for years and years and years and... Oh, it's terrible. It's mm. really awful. I think um, I think some teens are now getting a bit more aware of health, yeah. more importantly than, than image, but yeah. there's obviously still such a lot of it around. Yeah, so yeah. much. And can I just pick you up on what you said about sleep earlier? Can you talk to us about sleep? Sleep's really important, isn't it, with yes, weight yes, management? It's, yeah, really important. And I think that so many of us think that we can get away on, on five or six hours of sleep a night because we're all so busy rushing around and... Um, we're on screens late at night and all of these things can interfere with our natural cycle and um, having a reduced sleep does have a huge impact on on how you feel the next day mm. you know you there are studies that show you might eat about 300 or so calories more the next oh, day because yeah. you're tired Absolutely. you're looking for instant energy mm. you want mm. a quick fix from sugary fatty foods yeah um and also Interestingly, it plays havoc with your hormones. So hormones like your cortisol and growth hormone and various other hormones are completely out of sync if you've had bad night's sleep. And they also affect all those pathways that I've been talking about that right. would control your weight naturally. Right. Which goes so back to what you were saying earlier about a, like a perfect storm in midlife. Because for exactly. lots of midlife women, mm. it's really tricky to get a good night's sleep. And yes, mm, yes, mm. partly because of the hormones. And see, this is where the you know the those menopausal changes do start to um, factor in again because we do get worse quality sleep, even if we we're not aware of it when we we're entering the perimenopause. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily the hot flushes that you might be aware of, but you can also wake up for mm. tiny periods of time throughout the night and get worse quality sleep, which is why I think many women wake up in the morning thinking that um, they've had mm. a reasonable night's sleep, but mm. actually they're exhausted. They yeah. feel exhausted. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so fascinating, isn't it? So prioritising yes. sleep is a really... Because that's something I've just started doing in the last year and it, 
it makes such a difference to my day-to-day life I kind of like I've got to get eight hours sleep and yes I back time from like right I need to be up at this time I need to be asleep by this time so I'm in bed reading my book for half an hour because then I will doze off and you know and I've got earbuds and eye masks and (laughs) everything that's fantastic very good I love that it's such a priority and and so you've 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 totally you've gone militant oh militant about it yeah yeah I get really jumpy uh, you know, uh, yeah, my, I turn my phone off at sort of seven thirty, eight o'clock. Oh. That's it. I don't look at it. I don't, you know. So, um, wow, that's impressive. Because that I've realised that's what I need in order to get a good night's sleep. And I've just really noticed that having a good night's sleep makes a, just a huge difference. And I, it does make a difference to how hungry does, I yeah. am during yeah. the day. Um, and so not just, but also mentally, you know, I just feel better if, you know, if I've had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Of course. And how sense. easy is that? I mean, compared to sort of trying to deny yourself lots of lovely food, the, the trick is to just make it easier for yourself. So yeah. you're not fighting. Yeah. So just get going to sleep. Yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's easy. You're so right. I guess, like you know, getting sleep or you know, it's got to be easier than that sort of calorie counting or portion yeah. control. Or I mean, yes. we've spoken about it a bit about like, especially as women, you're brought up to view it's essential that you have to starve yourself or you know, mm-hmm. control what you eat. Um, yeah. I mean, things like Weight Watchers, Swimming World, Swimming World, and stuff like that. They've obviously, you know, again, the corporate element comes into it. I guess you know, they've built businesses on on getting people to do that but I guess yes. you, you know for 17 years you've listened to thousands of people who've struggled with their weight I mean can you give us any little nuggets of wisdom about what you've learned like do diets work well I don't think they do because I've sat in clinic as you say for many many years listening to people who've been on countless diets mm. and they've lost six stone or more on on shake diets or whatever it might be and then regained all of that weight and more and, you know, these aren't people who are incapable. Uh, you know, I've, I've um, treated people who are CEOs of major companies and things mm. who are very, very yeah, capable they're not, people. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not no, they no. can work hard at things and make successes of things, but they just couldn't make diets work, which was why I just started thinking, hold on a second, you know, there's something very wrong here mm. and started looking more at why that might be. And I think that whole dieting mentality is just flawed it it doesn't work and then I remember it sticking in my mind years ago watching some documentary on television where I think it was one of the finance officers of one of the slimming um, clubs uh, was saying that the reason they're so successful is because people keep coming back and that just mm, yeah. You know, yeah of course he, was, he yeah. was on film saying that and I was just horrified hopefully things are a bit better now but I think it's still you know many people go backwards and forwards and actually yeah. I'm sad to say that I've ha- I've had to treat people who are, you know, team leaders in in slimming clubs. They've come to me for weight loss surgery in the past, so, you know. Wow. God. That sort of underlined it for me. Yes, really. God, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But what and so just going back to um can we talk again about exercise? I know we talked about weightlifting for muscle um uh, uh, muscle mass yeah um yep. but what about if i like again let's just bring it back to me um i want to lose weight you're the case study here Louise. <laughs> so um what you know I, what exercise should i be doing so i've um recently i've started doing yoga and i realize that's not a weight loss thing but i'm I, the, i'm doing it and i'm realizing i should be doing it because i'm really stiff and i'm not very flexible at all um but presumably i need to be doing a lot of cardio as well Yes, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. What people think when they think about exercise and weight loss is that it's all about how many calories can I burn? Yeah. I've got to run for however many minutes so that I can burn off this donut or whatever. Yeah, it's it like might breaking be. even, isn't it? You, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's that sort of old fashioned calories in, calories out maths, which doesn't quite work, unfortunately. But actually, you know, trying to do that is is flawed because you could just end up running forever, couldn't you? (laughs) It would just, you know, you'll never burn off all that food that you want to eat. So actually you have to think about what you're actually achieving with exercise. So, for example, um, muscle building, as we've talked about. Uh, But yoga actually is very, very useful because yoga helps relax you. It helps reduce your cortisol levels um one of those stress hormones and actually cortisol can contribute to weight gain around the middle um so that's a useful sort of exercise to do and the stretching obviously is useful and Mm. then um 
other exercises so for example that high intensity exercise has been shown to help with um reducing insulin resistance and that sort of risk of diabetes and Mm. uh, things like that so that short those short bursts and tennis exercise can also be helpful so we have to look at lots of different types of exercise. Yeah. So because I've um, been doing those HIT workout half hour things yep. um, in mm-hmm. various forms. So that's a good thing to do. And yoga. Absolutely. What about swimming? Swimming good? Or... Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, the, the trick is to find whatever you enjoy. Whatever you enjoy because then you'll variety. stick with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And mm. a lot of women, I find... Um, well, they there are two extremes often, aren't there? So there are some women who just try and exercise and exercise and exercise desperately to work off all these calories. And actually the studies have shown that that can actually increase the stress on your body, which mm. increases the cortisol. So it's possible to increase, to exercise too much. Wow, really? Um, and make weight loss more difficult by that. Right. Yeah, mm. right. Okay. I'm just smiling because at the risk of making this about me, I was so narcissistic, <laughs> Sally. I'm so sorry. No, so, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't I'm, matter. I, no, I'm just thinking about my it's your podcast. Well. Yeah, it is our podcast, Aileen. <laughs> yeah. We do this for us, so go, go, you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking as you're saying that. I mean, it's, it's not. It's a little bit off topic. Topic, but my my comedy character. I, I'm, I'm a comedian. I do a character, and she's just. She has been in lycra since 4 a.m. for the past nine years, and there is nothing wrong here. There's nothing thing to see here she has a steely focus and determination not to unpack anything emotionally but just keep running just keep running and that's the whole premise that's the premise of my act so for you to say that it's just hilarious because yeah just like how how far can you run just keep running (laughs) so wonderful um i I, I guess what we're talking about here then is sort of like a a blend and a balance isn't it it's not about crash dieting it's not about um hitting the gym hard it's more sort of lifestyle choices isn't it and I guess as women get older, we do have that kind of light bulb moment. We we click into that. I guess we're happy to lean into that. And um, so you do an online course um, that you find lots of your clients are midlife women. And um, I guess they understand at this point in their evolution of quick fixes don't work. Could you talk us through, I guess, like, I don't know, two or three real basic changes that we can all do that will help us burn the fat more efficiently? Yes, no, certainly. Well, I think um, that weight loss is about so many different things, as I said. So, yes, my course goes through all of these different areas because it's actually just about making lots of small tweaks. We're Mm. all, you know, we're all capable of doing this, but you have to do it by just small changes that bring all of these natural mechanisms back into play, really. Um, And I think one of the easiest things to do is by restricting your eating window a bit, that time-restricted eating, not really intermittent fasting as much. You don't have to go full on fasting, but just eat over a smaller duration of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to leap out of bed and go straight for breakfast. You can actually just not have breakfast until mid-morning or so, and then Mm -hmm. try and eat earlier um, in the day. So Mm -hmm. you don't have your main meal too late at night because you're more likely to put on fat overnight if you eat too late. So... So what would you say, six, later, six o'clock, would you say the yeah. cutoff point is six, seven o'clock in the evening? Yes, I mean, you obviously have to fit in with life, don't you? Yeah. It depends on, on kids and partners and everybody else. But yes, try not to eat too late. And then, you know, even if you stop everything at eight and don't do that snacking thing in the evening, then you're doing yourself a lot of favours. Yeah. And, and even just something as simple as that can can make a big difference. Yeah. Um, and you just let your body recover and digest and um, and you'll find that the, that the weight will come off more easily like that. Mm. Um, so it's just about making some small changes. And then the sleep is another one that mm. I really do focus on because that is very important. Mm. And another big one, I think, is trying hard to cut down on sugar and processed food. I think the more we can get back to basics and know what we're eating so that our body can actually process stuff that it recognizes that it's been developed to recognize that way we're more likely to be able to get back in tune with those natural mechanisms right yeah so the only one i'm doing right is the sleeping that's the only one you you eat eat quite healthy you don't have loads of microwave meals and stuff do you no not at all so I, i home cook everything but in the evenings, I like to sit down after my lovely, delicious home-cooked meal. Have um, a digestive. 
<laughs> big, big old slab of dairy milk, I like. <laughs> with a, with a, with a decaf oh. Earl Grey and a, a good box <laughs> it's set. It's all about balance. <laughs> I love how the Earl Grey offsets yeah. the uh, galaxy. Keeping it classy, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. <laughs> OK, all right. Um, so can I just fire some real quick questions? Uh, like, sort of, uh, so I want to know, good fats, bad fats, low fat. Should we be thinking about low fat? Or like, is olive oil good, butter's bad? Is that right? Um, you know... Well, not necessarily, actually. I mean, oh. olive oil definitely is is um, a good fat, as far as we know, as long as it's good quality olive oil. It hasn't been sat on a shelf in bright sunlight for ages. Oh. Um, so it's all about quality. Um, and butter can be fine in moderation. I mean, I think that, that saturated fats have been um, vilified a lot, and there's less and less evidence now that, that they are... Um, a major issue I think obviously we have to be sensible with them but Mm. they're not the devils that we thought they were and I'd much rather have a little bit of butter than some processed meal that's had all the fat stripped out of it and filled up with chemicals and and sugar and everything else to make it taste okay yeah yeah so it's right okay and natural but definitely low sugar you know but but not replacing it with artificial sweeteners but just training ourselves not to not to want sugar yeah Yeah, yes i mean ideally yes i mean if we can just uh, it's um something that we can cut back on and try and get rid of our sweet tooth because sugar does just spike that reward center in our brain and and you can retrain your brain there are studies that show that with using MRI scans that you can train your brain to actually love vegetables instead of sugary what? foods after about cat? three instead months. Of a, instead of a cream <laughs> egg, is, are you sure? <laughs> well, yeah, so these studies oh, really? say. God, that's going to take does a get lot easier. of effort. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. maybe sort of cutting back would be, a, you know, just really... Absolutely, actually, and, yeah. and being a bit more yeah. mindful about... But Again, I'm just talking about myself now, really. Um, <laughs> but, but just being a bit more mindful about food and thinking yeah, about yeah. it I mean, would help treat your it? body with a bit yeah, of respect yeah. really. if you if you put good stuff into it then you're going to get good stuff out and so you know things like having chocolate i love chocolate mm. i absolutely love it and but chocolate can be very good for you if you have a, a bit of darker good quality chocolate yeah that's actually yeah, can know. be delicious. <laughs> yeah, because and, um, at the risk of getting sued you know that those sort of those soup that you know the the, you mentioned a couple of brands before, the brands that we all know. I mean, that's not actually really Me, chocolate, is it, no, Sally? No, no. That's it's just not a load of shit in there, isn't it? What is in there? Like sugar, 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 and more sugar. Sugar. I mean, you know, but it is nice. I mean, it is. Yeah, I know. But actually, you can have you know really good quality. But what's wrong with some strawberries dipped in dark chocolate? That's rather nice as well. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing is quite. You can have nice food. You just have to be a little bit more imaginative, and that's the thing. I think that as women, in particular, rushing around looking after teens or elderly parents or jobs or whatever it is Mm. we don't have enough time to actually think so we just grab whatever's most convenient and the problem is manufacturers restaurants shops you know supermarket checkouts garages where they're trying to push just make it so easy to grab a double decker don't they exactly i've seen you on instagram stories amy stuffing a double decker down your face in the car (laughs) (laughs) in between school runs or something you see sally this is my comedy content (laughs) you know uh, i just love a bit of confectionery i had a caramac the other day and even even uh, you could take one of those i know and it was so nostalgic but i was like jesus you know you could taste the the granules in it i'm also just thinking as we're talking i guess you know like if if you don't have seven quid to get a green and blacks 90 percent, you know chocolate you know it's more expensive isn't it to go and it's it's just dead easy to go and get something cheap and cheerful but it is bad for you so Mm. i guess we need to reframe the way we sort of just to be a bit more selective you know like yeah quality not quantity so i mean the amount of food we throw away yeah i get it that i mean it's easy when you walk into a supermarket there's a buy one get one free on donuts or something isn't Mm. there there always is and you know Mm. the food manufacturers and and shops and everything need to take more responsibility they've got to make it easier for us but Mm. you know at the same time we are throwing a lot of food away and if we but just getting a bit yeah a bit informed and thinking about it a bit more Mm. um so uh, another thing so thinking about um sort of fat loss around the middle um so zero carbs is it is it a no to bread and pasta but 
are potatoes okay? Does it depend on how they're cooked? Or what, what oh, do we do about good, carbs? That's a good question, mm. yeah. Yeah, carbs is always a very loaded question. Mm. So I think personally that we're eating more carbs than we need to because mm. most of our carbs are in the form of processed, sugary, starchy carbs that... Um, you know, break down very quickly to sugar. Um, mm. And that just feeds our sugar craving. Whereas if we remember actually that things like veg are carbs as well, we could eat a lot more of that sort of thing and um, mm. fill ourselves up on on healthier carbs. I think that again, that's the key rather than having processed carbs, just yeah. have healthier ones. Um, and you don't need as much of them as, as um, you're led to believe. You don't have to pile your plate high with rice and pasta no. you just need a a bit on the side to fill you up and mm. um you mm. know so i think and particularly as you get older i think your uh, the weight going on around the middle makes it more difficult to process carbs yeah. really you can increase um something called increased insulin resistance mm. so um fewer carbs i think is is good mm. personally okay yeah. So, but um, yes, you don't have to sort of cut right back to nothing unless. Uh, I guess that's you know, not realistic, uh, and you're only going to fail if you do that, mm. aren't you? The more realistic thing is just to, just Eat less of a yeah, just portion to shape, control. Yeah. Yeah. Portion control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can you can um, put diabetes into remission by cutting carbs out. So wow. you know that's really? a you know wow. that just shows you how we have driven this diabetes epidemic yeah. um, by eating too much of these sugary carbs. Mm. Um, Oh. So, yes, cutting right back on carbs can be very helpful for some people, but you do need to do it in a sensible and controlled mm. way so that you end up with plenty of nutrients as well. And the other thing was water. I don't suppose water helps with weight loss, does it? But do we need to be guzzling two litres a day? Uh, well, actually, it does help with oh, weight loss. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> there are studies that show that if you um, drink a, a good old glass of water about half an hour before eating, then it can make you feel a bit less hungry you know it fills mm. your stomach up a bit and um so you feel a bit more full and drinking water with meals can help you know so actually it can help weight loss and i think probably making more of a habit of water would be good mm. certainly replacing sugary fizzy drinks with water oh, yeah, will yeah. make a massive difference yeah. but yes i mean two liters is not a rigid thing right okay yeah, the best the best way to know whether you've had enough water is to look at your pee look at your yeah. do a pee mm. check if it's a pale straw color you're doing it all right yes okay <laughs> That's all right. Easy. the other thing that we probably often forget is the stress um side of things because oh, stress yeah. does add to weight problems yeah. as well i mean stress means that you're more tired you tend to eat more just to comfort yourself that comfort eating emotional oh eating i'm a terrible thing. comfort eater yeah. oh i think, I think <laughs> a lot of people are i mean that's where the chocolate kicks in for sure mm. um mm. and then you know alcohol as well if you're stressed it's easy to unwind isn't it with a glass of wine I mean, there's so much sugar in alcohol isn't there yeah you know, yeah they so can much. be yeah but also it knocks your willpower and it it yeah. makes you sleep worse as well oh, which it, i think uh, mm. yeah and hangover yeah. hunger the next day. You know, yeah, I, well, Amy absolutely. doesn't. Amy doesn't drink anymore. She stopped drinking. About well, I've been two, two years, really? two years, two years sober wow. now. I'm so impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. But, however, my um, my chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> intake is uh, yeah. diabolical. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to have some vices in life. Yeah. Let's face it. Life would be very boring, wouldn't it? Otherwise, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, when I've had you know a load of wine the night before, I'm hungry the next day. Really course, hungry. Yeah. Can't yeah. stop eating. And all. Hungry for all the wrong things. I basically yeah. just want fat, carbs and sugar. Yeah, so. of course, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And also I think you, a lot of people think that it helps you, you know, not off to sleep. No, yes, God. it does, but, but it oh. can then, you know, the sleep quality is worse. Oh, I wake up at four o'clock in a panic. Yeah, about cata- catastrophizing. Yeah. Catastrophizing, about yeah. yeah. Can I just ask you quickly about meat, Sally? Yeah. What's your, mm. what's your sort of, you know, you've obviously been inside... It, been inside lots of bodies I was going to say in yes. a professional way like <laughs> yeah. do, what's your I mean I guess that's one thing that we were doing less of back in the day I guess before the yeah. war and stuff everyone would just it was very rationed wasn't it what's your yeah. do, are, you, are you a vegetarian no I'm not actually I do like meat but um, I eat much less of it than I used to I mean it's difficult I've got um a surgeon husband who's a very much a carnivore so right. it's very right. difficult it's very difficult to avoid meat in, in our household but yes I mean we do actually all eat less meat than we did 
I like the taste of it and it's it's very good nutrients as long as you have good quality meat. Yeah. So again, it's back to what we were talking about before. Have small quantities but good quality. Right. Um, and if you're going to have meat, then just make sure it is good quality meat. You know where it comes from. It's not sort of pumped up with antibiotics and rubbish. Um, you want good quality meat. And then if you're not having meat, you obviously then have to be careful that you're getting all the vitamins that you need from, from um, your vegetarian mm. food and what the thing that that I find quite difficult and frustrates me a lot is that there's this perception that being vegetarian is a lot healthier oh yeah it's, it, it can be to some degree but you know there's plenty of rubbish vegetarian food around mass-produced mm. food that's sort of factory grow you know grown in big industrial fields with hardly any nutrients because it's just been packed right. into fields you know the food your food is only as only as good as as how it's produced and grown whether it's meat or you know vegetables yeah. or whatever it is so yeah. that's interesting yeah yeah can i just ask sally where can people find you and uh you, you've got a, a website and yes on social yeah media. website um instagram facebook it's all dr sally norton okay um, that's dr sally norton yeah um and yes i'm i'm I write sort of blogs and various social media posts and then I've got my online course if people need a bit more support yes, so yeah. happy to answer any questions Absolutely. anytime well you know I, get in I think I found you on Twitter and I just really liked your because I've been thinking about weight loss and that sort of thing for a while but didn't want to go down that diet I just knew that mm. that wasn't the right you know so sure um, yeah. and you're yeah and you do post really interesting informative stuff so I'll put um details all your details in our show Great, notes yes. as well fantastic yeah. yes i'm afraid i've sort of got out of twitter a little bit i can't keep up with all of oh, these oh god i know well I know. god talk about mental health <laughs> yeah. i mean oh, and stress god, and anxiety I, I mean yeah you should only really have one one Twitter portion a day. Yeah. I'd say yeah, like yes, maybe yes, just just five right. minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, because any more than that is can actually yeah. be bad for your health. That's very true. Well, to be honest, you know, the number of people who are there on on their phones and iPads and everything oh, late at night damaging yeah. their body clock and their circadian rhythm and their melatonin and everything. Yeah. So yes, yeah. I think social media's got a lot to answer for. It absolutely <laughs> has, yeah. But equally it does um just to, to give the balance point of view like the BBC here, it, it also <laughs> brings people like it we fall down rabbit holes yeah. and find people like like you. So thank you so much Sally thank for talking you, to Sally. us. Today. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Produced by Louise Daniels. Visit louise-daniels.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.